Today's reading is from Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. My son, do not forget the teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years, and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Good morning, friends. Pastor Sharon here. You know, before we begin the sermon today, I just want to remind you that February is Black History Month, and we have gathered some suggested resources for you to learn more about our African-American brothers and sisters. You can find those resources in our weekly e-news. They're going to be books, movies, podcasts, or you can also look in today's Bible app event. You can just go to plcc.org slash Bible app, and you'll find all the resources that will enrich your learning, your growth during this month of February. So here we are, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. I read that over 62% of Americans celebrate Valentine's Day in some way or other. Now, you might have your own memories of Valentine's Day, perhaps good ones or perhaps some more traumatic ones. I think of those times when you're a a child at school and you're exchanging Valentines and you get a little older and you're hoping you get a Valentine from somebody you have a crush on. It can bring lots of different emotions to us. Valentine's Day does. And you know that as Americans celebrate it, they also put a lot of money into it. It's said that an estimated one billion Valentine Day, one billion Valentines are sent every year, and over 35 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolate. Almost makes you sick to your stomach to think of that one. We at Pine Lake Covenant were actually able to do something very gift a wonderful gift at Valentine's Day when you and many of the people in our community came together to make 700 Valentines that were delivered to Echo Glen out in Snoqualmie. The gift of these symbols of love and noticing to the students at Echo Glen is beyond measure. So thank you for whatever part you had in making that Valentine Day expression. You know, no matter what we look at for tangible signs of love and friendship, Valentine's Day gives us one way to do that. And even if you're maybe a little skeptical about the commercialization of Valentine's Day, we are all similar in the way that we have a need to know that people love us, that people are committed to us, and that they're going to demonstrate that commitment in tangible ways. You know, one very recognized symbol of commitment is a wedding band. About this time a year ago, I had gone on a visit to my college friends, and as we headed to the airport right before we did, we had sat down and kind of looked at each other's wedding bands and commented on things like that. 
So you can imagine my surprise. I was there in the Denver airport, just gotten to my gate after having gone through security, gone through the train, used the restrooms, all of that. I sit down and look and the diamond is gone from my band. Total shock. In fact, when I called my husband, I was a little concerned, a little wary that he might not be too happy about it as I was. But he said, and we agreed together, you know, the commitment we have to each other in marriage is much more important than any symbol of our marriage. The commitment of love is shown in ways much greater than symbol. You know, the same could be said about Instagram followings. You just think of the comparison of when you look for symbols of friendship on your Instagram account. You might see a number listed there. You have 1,000 followers, friends on your page. But you know in reality that it's a much smaller group of people who are your true friends, who the people you're going to go to in thick and thin, and they're going to be there for you. So the symbol of a number on an Instagram page, it doesn't really mean a whole lot because you recognize that the friendship happens up close and personal in real ways. Because you see, love is really a practice and not just a symbol. So on this Valentine's Day, our sermon is going to be shared by myself and Pastor Mark Neely. And from our various vantage points, we want to look at what is basic for relationships that are going to thrive. Relationships between spouses, in your family, with friends, in the church, all of those relationships. Now, we can't include everything that needs to be said here about healthy relationships, but we want to lay a foundation that will help all of us pay attention to how we can build and help relationships thrive? How do we move beyond symbols and find fresh vision that will benefit every relationship and make it healthier? And the question is, what makes a relationship last? You heard earlier the passage read from the book of Proverbs, and if you have your Bible, evil either in print or digital form, I encourage you to take it out and look again at the verses in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. You know, God's word in Proverbs has the foundation for relational health. And the passage that was read for us comes from the first part of the book of Proverbs, a collection of sayings and insights that emphasize the superiority of living a wise life. And you may have heard in this chapter, as in many of the first chapters of Proverbs, they're addressed from one generation to another, addressed to my son. Now, I don't want you to think of this as a stern parent who's gazing down with disgust at a child. No, it might help to think of this as a loving parent, a grandparent who is addressing a person they love deeply and saying, I want the best for your life. I want you to prosper. I want you to live a long and happy life. And so that's what it says for us in Proverbs chapter 3. It starts with this phrase in verse 1. Don't forget 
My son, do not forget. My daughter, do not forget. And what are we not to forget? We're not to forget the teachings and commandments that God's given. That word teaching, sometimes in some translations it's, it's translated law, is the word Torah, which is what the Jewish people still say. The word from God that shows us how to live. Instructions, um, directions for living. And then it says, keep these commands. The command, the word there is mitzvah, which means to um, follow in your heart, means to um, align yourself in a certain way. And it's a reminder, as it says both of these things, commands and teaching, that it's not just conforming to an outward law, but keep it in your heart. This is an inner response. And what will happen, verse seven, verse 2 says it this way, what will happen if we live that way? Verse 2 says, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Now that is not a guarantee for a long life, but it is a principle that is true throughout life, that as we walk in the ways of God that he's given us, as we keep them in our hearts, we prosper. And as you consider the relationships in your own life, your friends, your family, maybe a dating relationship, your own marriage, us as brothers and sisters in the church, we can say that the bigger picture is what we're pursuing is this wholeness, this health, this settledness in our relationships. Verse 2 translates the word peace, which is the word you probably have heard before, shalom. It describes this satisfying life, flourishing in all ways. Shalom is completeness, soundness, welfare, peace. It's what I believe all humans really long for. Underneath the symbols of love, underneath the longings, there is something we need, and that is life-giving relationships. Better than a card, a box of candy, a flower, a great Instagram following. We long for shalom, flourishing relationships. And there are two words that describe the foundation for relationships to flourish, love and faithfulness. And if there are ever two words that need to be more fully understood, it is these two words. As we understand what it means to build relationships that last. These two words, love and faithfulness. This morning, we're really addressing or asking this question together. What makes a relationship last? Thinking about relationships, even beyond marriage, even beyond dating, really thinking about every relationship that we have in our lives. Friendships, co-workers, as family, and yes, romantic, but so much more than that. Every relationship in our lives really comes down to these two words that we find all throughout Scripture, love and faithfulness. I don't know about you, but during this season of a pandemic, yes, life has been interrupted, but in another sense, we found rhythms and patterns of life as humans that we've really grown accustomed to. 
Some are good, some are not so good, but one that I think is okay is for us on Friday nights, Lauren and I have loved to play board games. Board games and Friday nights just go hand in hand. And so when the pandemic's over and you're looking for a challenge, call Lauren and not me because she whoops up on me. But uh, I don't know. We've been playing Monopoly Deal or Sushi Go or our newest favorite, Splendor. But uh, whatever that is, if you want a challenge, call Lauren because uh, board games has become something that we do together Friday nights. Friday nights and board games just seem to go together. What about you? What's been a dynamic duo that has gone together so well for you in this pandemic? Maybe it's just movies and popcorn. Or maybe it's reading a book on Saturday morning. Whatever it is, what's been a dynamic duo for you? Today we see a different type of dynamic duo in Scripture. In Proverbs 3, this language of love and faithfulness. Love and faithfulness. This morning, I think that if there's this one central theme to a healthy relationship, it's, it's simply this. Relationships last when we practice love and faithfulness. In our Proverbs this morning, there's this language of binding and writing. This language is really important to the Hebrew people of really pointing back to one central key theme all throughout the Old Testament. And it's this call to remember. This call to remember that that God is constantly calling the people of Israel to remember God's love and to remember God's faithfulness. And when they're called to remember, they are given active ways to do that, to to bind that to them. Uh, There's this imagery here of of phylacteries where God called the Israelites to literally bind the Torah to themselves. There's also this other practice where when Jewish people are in this posture of prayer, that they'll begin to, to kind of sway back and forth, kind of like the flame of a candle. And the reason why they would do this this is because it was this call that that God had given them his presence. And and so when they were reading the Torah or when they were praying that that God would enlight a flame within them and, and that God's presence would be with them. And so they would embody this faithfulness that God extends through his love. I think it's this this kind of this cool imagery. And so we see these two words, love and faithfulness. And and really when they become part of our lives, part of our stories, it it deeply shapes our identity. As we see in the, the Jewish people practicing this posture of prayer like a flame, but as followers of Jesus, when we truly encounter the love of God and experience the faithfulness of God, it becomes part of our identity as Christians. When we experience the love of God, and when that becomes to be part of who we are, changes and transforms us, we experience the faithfulness of God, that God has a perfect track record yesterday, today, and forever. And in turn, that that shapes deeply our identity as followers of Jesus. It also begins to to shape the ways in which we live our lives. It it influences our purpose. Uh, When you think about something that has integrity, 
What comes to mind for you? Even as I'm in this building recording right now, we've had um, some crazy wind over the last several days, right? And it's just been whipping and battering. But the, the reality that when a building or this building has integrity or structural integrity, despite what comes along, it stands strong. It's a building with integrity or an integrous building. I think for, for us in, in our relationships that, that we are called to live with integrity in each and every relationship that we have. And, and yes, it does pertain to our marriage or our sexuality in general, that, that God calls us to heterosexual marriage, that in that we are faithful and commit to one another. And, and, and if God calls us to singleness, that we are called to have integrity through celibacy. That both are scripturally equal and great callings for us as a community. And that we must hold those both as equal and important calls as Christians. But however God calls us to live our lives, he calls us to live it with integrity. And ultimately, love and faithfulness influences the ways in which we live with integrity, being faithful to one another, faithful to a spouse, faithful to yourself in the way that God has been faithful to you as you save yourself for marriage. But, but here's an important thing. Faithfulness is not the same thing as purity. I don't know if you know the story of the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, but time and time again, they would mess up. And time and time again, God would come along, pick them up, dust them off, and say, I am a steadfast and loving God who is faithful to you. Now go and live and be faithful to me and faithful to one another. Despite the mistakes that the Hebrew people made, that God remained a faithful God. And even though they were constantly destroying their purity, that that, that didn't impose or that didn't neglect or that didn't really take away with from anything that God loved or any way that God loved his people. God's faithfulness was still there. And I think ultimately that shapes the ways in which we are faithful to one another. God's faithfulness and love really shapes the ways that we begin to see our purpose to live with integrity, both to God and with God, but to others and in relationship with other people. We practice love and faithfulness with integrity. And and also I think that it begins to shape these two words, love and faithfulness, really has this deep impact in the ways that together we follow Jesus. I'm sure Valentine's Day is a day of love, and the book of love is oftentimes known as this, the Song of Songs in the Old Testament, this, known as the book of love. And yes, it's a love story and a pretty steamy love story between a wife and a husband, but really it's not even about this commitment. It's this imagery of faithfulness between Yahweh, between God and his people. God uses marital language or this, this marriage metaphor to show his faithfulness to us. 
Theologian Willie James Jennings says this. He says, Christians often turn marriage from an act of worship into an object of worship and turn the couple from a shared journey of disciples into the end goal of discipleship. Here's a super important reminder that maybe you know this and maybe we just need to be reminded of this as a church because oftentimes I think we we hold marriage as the central theme or the central goal of discipleship. But, But hear this, marriage is not an eternal relationship. Marriage mirrors an eternal relationship between Christ and the church. Marriage is an important thing for us to to experience or to know, but really it's just this temporary relationship on earth that, that mirrors this eternal relationship, this eternal commitment that Christ has, that Jesus has to us, that despite who we are or despite what we've done or despite where we are, that God is still faithful to us and calls us to be faithful to one another. Okay, so if, if marriage is not this eternal relationship, what is? I think there's really only one eternal relationship, and that is friendship. Hear these words from John 15, verse 15. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend. God takes delight in us as friends through sending Jesus to be this really gift for us to fully enter into the presence of God. God no longer calls us distant relatives or people that he's somewhat familiar with. No, God calls us friends. I love that picture because it, it is this God that is so holy and set apart and yet so close and near to us like a friend. God takes delight in us as humans, as as friends. But he takes delight in us when he sees the, the friendships and the ways in which we interact in friendship with one another. Lauren and I are in this really unique season as we anticipate the birth of our baby boy in the next month or so. And and so we've talked with a a lot of parents or grandparents or parents now or other expecting parents. But I was talking to one of my friends recently and he has two daughters and he said, you know, there's, there's something fun when we give our, one of our daughters a new toy, right? And the, the, the joy that you see on their face and they, they light up and they play with that toy. But, but ultimately the novelty of that toy kind of wears off. But he says, nothing compares to the joy that I see and that I experience as a parent when I see our two daughters just loving and laughing and enjoying life with one another. What a beautiful picture that is. One, for for parents to just take delight in that or for grandparents to take delight in that. But, But really, in the ways that God takes deep delight in the ways that we love and are faithful to one another. Relationships last when we practice love and faithfulness. It no longer goes from just this 
love symbol of a card or a ring that it becomes something that we embody. It begins to shape the ways that we live our lives in relationships and and really gives us a view and a picture of eternal relationships. And so today, I invite you to take an inventory of the relationships that you're in. Maybe this pandemic has had a a really difficult impact on your marriage, and it's been really strained. How might God be calling you, inviting you to repent, to repair the brokenness in in your marriage? Maybe you are in a dating relationship that you know is not held with integrity and has not been faithful to God and really have not been faithful to one another. How might God be calling you back to the love and the faithfulness that God extends. And truly, whether you're single, whether you're widowed, whether this day brings pain for you, us as Christians, as the body of Christ, must hold singleness and marriage in these equal and important calls of Christians. That, that we cannot begin to miss the fact that, that friendship, that deep friendship is the best and greatest and eternal relationship that God calls us to. And, and so, in turn, the friendships that we're in, how might you need to move towards a friend to either to repent or to ask for forgiveness or maybe even to just write a letter or a text or a call and say, hey, I'm really thankful that you're my friend because whatever. How might God be calling us to love and faithfulness, the ways that we've experienced that from God, to then turn around and embody that with one another? Last week, Reverend Yi was with us and, and gave us this beautiful picture of who we want to become as a church and the, the charge to ready ourselves. And, and truly, we can have the best vision, the best mission statement, the best purpose as a church and do incredible things, but Honestly, it will live and die on the relationships that we have among ourselves, within our families, even as a staff, as a team, as a church. The relationships that we have, the ways that we interact and truly love one another will shape this great call that God has for us in this next season of our church. So when we practice love and faithfulness, It begins to shape and reshape every relationship that we have in our lives for the glory of God. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we want you at the center of our relationships. You have shown us steadfast love and unending faithfulness. May we in turn be about the same love and faithfulness in our lives in our marriages, our dating relationships, our friendships, family dynamics, co-workers. Lord, just take an inventory in our hearts this morning. Who are the relationships that you're calling us to extend love and faithfulness? Lord, in every relationship we have, may we embody your love and your faithfulness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.